I'm so excited. Okay, my first question is... Oh, wow. Oof. Ooh, that's, a, that's something to start out with. Right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it depends on who's I like looking at I think I look queer. Yes. I think I I'm look trans. like the queerest <laughs> that I've I ever looked. That now that I have short blue hair. For the most part, yes. I think like my haircut is... I like to hope that I give off the gay vibe. <laughs> Today, I think uh, I do. The queer vibe. What is looking queer, though? You're listening to Looking, Feeling, Queering, a podcast about what it feels like to look or not look queer. Martina and I talk about formal wear in high school speech and debate, being a gay family member and no longer the gay family member, the physical autonomy of body mod, and purple yarmulkes. So, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Awesome. My first question for you is... Do you think that you look queer? I think I look like what people think a queer person looks like. So yes. Yes. Cool. Have you ever been told, whether explicitly or implicitly, that you look queer? Yes. Very often. There was one person who I went to high school with who, in a, I think, good-natured way, would frequently tell me that I looked extra gay on a particular (laughs) day. Good. Good. Has it ever been, like, a painful thing to hear? It has. I did a lot of uh, super, super competitive debate and public speaking in high school. And I think formal wear is one of those areas where the binary codification of dress becomes super forced. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time just playing it super, super femme. And then it kind of got to a point where I would pack a dress to go to an away tournament and then I'd put it on in the morning and I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, no, not today. So I started buying some suits and ties and whatever. And I had a coach who was a super old Latvian woman who was unbelievably intense. (laughs) And she would find sort of like subtle, I'm doing air quotes, subtle ways (laughs) of telling me to fem it up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm still winning these rounds. So I don't think I will. But uh, yeah. Amazing. Um... Yeah, have you ever felt, you kind of just talked about this, but are there, are there specific spaces where you either feel too queer or not queer enough, whatever that even means? I don't ever really feel like I don't look queer enough because I think with my baseline, it's just little modifiers that can turn it up. It's turning it down. That's a little harder, but I find I just enter less spaces where I feel that I can't fully visually express my queerness. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm also finding that a lot of the times when I was scared of presenting too queer were actually more about me and my own fear. And that fear was internalized legitimately, but I have a bunch of family down in Kentucky and that's a space where I used to go and try and hide it a little more. But then just last month, uh, my, my cousin who's gay just got married to his partner and I was like, you know what? they're not gonna ca- I'm suddenly not gonna be the most exciting or noticeable yeah. gay thing <laughs> in Kentucky so you're not the gay one I'm not I'm a, a gay, gay one, one. <laughs> not the gay one <laughs> amazing do you think that uh outness has anything to do with how you decide to express yourself physically like in different spaces or around different people I think it does I think especially when in my experience and in the experience of some people I've talked to when you're sort of nascent in your identity there's an ambiguity going around and I think for me 
people always kind of knew before I had officially come out. So I didn't really know how I was supposed to dress according to that. But I did start doing like quote unquote queer presenting things before I came out even to myself so I cut my hair before I told myself I was queer and like if I look at photos of myself as a little kid there's this one photo where I'm wearing like a short sleeve button down shirt with palm trees on it and khaki cargo shorts (gasps) so little bro (laughs) yeah I think uh the heart always knows (laughs) so yeah so I think then just growing up like you become conscious and start to rein it in but I think now I'm sort of done with sitting people down being like just so you know I am a queer TM mm-hmm. um I'll let them infer from context and I think presentation yeah. is part of that yeah do you feel like you lean into queer quote um expression in a part like do you feel like you play into the stuff that looks quote queer because it looks quote queer or is it just like you like that kind of aesthetic and therefore are queer if that makes any sense it's a slippery yeah I mean it's a hard distinction for me to make because if that is my preference I think it's internalized I think I I genuinely Mm -hmm. like the queer looking things that I wear and put on um and I think they feel comfortable to me but part of that comfort is definitely their uh, acquiescence to social category and norm. Totally. Um, let's talk about hair a little bit. So you mentioned cutting your hair. Um, I want to talk about, I'm going to hit you with all the things, then you can answer them however you want. So I want to talk about hair length and feelings around that. I want to talk about body hair, specifically like armpit leg hair, facial hair feelings, and also, um, if you've ever dyed it, which I know you have because I'm looking at your head right now. Yes. So let's talk about that. So I've had short hair since I was, I think, 12 it's had some shaggy, not that hot mullet <laughs> stages. Um, I'm familiar with but, that. Phase yeah, for myself, yeah. it's it's pretty short now. I like it a little bit longer on top, and I've dyed it a bunch. I just went back. I'm white blonde right now, but I've also had purpley gray and I've had bright blue, and I think it's really fun uh, to play with hair color. And I know that I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, and one of these days my hair is gonna turn real dark and curly. So I need to do the bleaching while I still can. Um, In terms of body hair, I don't shave my legs or my armpits. I will sometimes just for the hell of it, um, but it's not really like a part of my routine. I don't really feel like I want to, so I don't. Um, And then I, I have some sort of dark upper lip hair, which I want to try to like accept, but that one's been a real stumbling block for me so I've done different things like I'll bleach it or wax it or whatever but I'm trying to learn to love that a little more mm-hmm. yeah for sure um yeah it's funny there's a previous interview I had w- with someone where we decided apparently that are you even really queer if you haven't had purple hair at some point exactly exactly <laughs> everyone has to go through the to get your the membership card. yeah the yeah. little swipe your card get the hair dye <laughs> amazing um let's also talk about tattoos and piercings yeah so i really like piercings uh i have a septum piercing i have an eyebrow piercing which has a safety pin through it right now I used to have a cartilage but i accidentally let it close i have my lobes pierced and i never wear that um i recently got my nipple pierced which was super fun and i have one tattoo i have a stick and poke on my thigh that's the only tattoo i have but i have big plans 
for tattoos. Yeah. Do those forms of body modification feel queer at all to you? They feel queer in the sense that I sort of conceive as of queer as not like a strictly speaking like sexuality type thing, but as just a form of like social otherness, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously like an idea that becomes problematic real sure. quick. Yeah. Um, but I think insofar as when people look at you and see something different and they see something that's queer that means a lot of different things and I think that often comes from their uh, encounters with body modifications like piercings or tattoos Mm -hmm. do you feel like the process of it for you is queer at all like I know for me getting tattoos and that like that kind of relationship with my body feels like a really queer experience yeah I think it's about ownership right and saying that whether I fall into social norms or reject them or ignore them or honor them um independent of that and the other people that experience that uh, i have my own desires for my body and i have the autonomy to manifest those desires physically and i think that's just an incredibly satisfying thing and a very like Mm -hmm. emancipatory process hell yeah do you ever wear makeup i do wear makeup um I didn't for a long time. Uh, I really like to have my makeup done for like stuff and things. Mm-hmm. And you, most days love I'll the good stuff and love things. the good stuff <laughs> and things. Most days I'll wear just like a bit of foundation or concealer or whatever. Um, sometimes I'm completely not in the mood, and then sometimes I want to go into like high drag. Mm-hmm. The only difference for me between day makeup and night makeup is how much glitter yes. is on my face. <laughs> yep. Up. although why not in the day too give him the old <laughs> razzle dazzle indeed yeah. um cool i'm interested in this kind of like venn diagram ish situation that i see of this kind of like radical ish aesthetic and like a queer aesthetic or queer people and this especially how that manifests through like the objects of like pins and buttons and patches and um and like safety pins and all of those things and I'm wondering if you see those things as queer and if you like partake in that kind of like stickering of of your objects and yourself yeah I love stickers and I really like buttons and patches and stuff I don't do a ton of buttons and patches but I do have some pins I quite like um I think it's interesting because these things are like they're badges they're things Mm -hmm. that people adorn themselves with almost like a medal or something to communicate something about themselves to the world and those things tend to not be normative messages because if it was a normative message that everyone always knew about you you wouldn't need to wear it on your lapel yeah (laughs) right so so it makes sense to me that those things are labeled queer but that they're also a really huge part of like punk and anarchist and other non-conformist sort of groups and of course a lot of queer people are in those groups and a lot of people in those groups are queer um so it's hard to extract the one from the other or separate them Mm -hmm. and I think that that makes sense to me in a sort of way that's like once you're already outside of the confines of normal civil standard society you're sort of more free to ask yourself more questions about the Mm -hmm. other normalized things that you don't accept so I think outsiderdom is sort of the thing that drives those different adornments and stickers and buttons and patches so it makes sense to me that they fall within those two groups quite a lot for sure for 
sure. Um, let's talk about shopping. What is shopping like for you? Shopping is something that has always sucked for me. It sucks a little less now. Um, I have a hard time finding clothes that fit, but now that I kind of like know where my main places are that I'm gonna do well are, it's a bit easier. So like, I know pretty much of a, like, without really going too far out of my way, the only place I'm gonna be able to reliably get pants is The Gap. So if I need pants, I don't waste my time. I don't try to do anything fun. I go to The Gap. And then just because of the way my body is proportioned, I can do a greater range of things for like tops and stuff. So Mm -hmm. usually that's where I do my more fun stuff. But I think just, um, I always had like, a bigger and also like a not typically proportioned body so I've always loved shoes Mm -hmm. and shoe shopping has been my favorite thing since I was very very Mm -hmm. young and I also had I've kind of big feet I had like adult-sized feet from when I was a little kid Mm -hmm. so I could always wear the sickest shoes even when I couldn't find clothes that I actually wanted to wear fit Mm -hmm. me that well so that's the shopping I actually enjoy whereas Mm -hmm. most other shopping is just kind of something that you have to get done totally speaking of that kind of shopping do you ever get into like accessories of any kind i do like accessories i like rings a lot and i like necklaces uh i have a robust collection of hats (laughs) uh but yeah accessories are fun but it's easy to get carried away Mm -hmm. and overdo it Mm -hmm. weigh yourself down yeah you gotta keep it (laughs) accessories keep it it tasteful (laughs) amazing all right well my last question for you are you ready it is what is your favorite piece of clothing or accessory and why i'm gonna cheat and give you three yeah please i was gonna say you can break the rules i've heard that's allowed on this yes show. yes it is okay so Sneaky. my first favorite item actually these are all not uh, garments of clothing so my first one is i have a pair of shoes they're oxford's Um, And they're this really awesome sort of like shiny, bright blue. And shiny, like patent leather shiny or like not that shiny, like sort of like the color is like a beetle's back kind of shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I got them for my prom and I wore my grandfather's old tuxedo, (laughs) which I guess is also one of my favorites. And a blue polka dot bow tie. Of course And a blue eyeshadow because my date was wearing a bright blue dress. Of course. And these shoes were like (laughs) super expensive, but it's one of those really expensive things that you like buy and it's like worth it because you're just going to like, they're nicely made so I'm going to have them forever and I love them. Yes. Um, Yes. And then my other favorite thing is I have a tie that's made from the fabric from the dress Michelle Obama wore to open the Shut new Whitney up. building. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> How that's many ties were made? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, so... Where did you acquire that? At the Whitney. At the Whitney. My parents sure. got it for me. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a really baller tie. And people <laughs> always comment on it not knowing that I'm like, you're going to like it even this. more when <laughs> I tell you. Tidbit. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And I always wear that when I like need to go kick some ass hell yeah and then I think my last favorite garment or accessory that I really love uh is my yarmulke um it's purple and my bubby and Zadie gave it to me and it's interesting because it's an item of clothing that has a really specific utility Mm -hmm. which means that 
I get a lot of like intentionality from it. Yeah. And when I put it on, it has the ability to transport me to a very specific mental space, mm-hmm. which I think is the highest purpose that clothing can have when it's about expressing yourself or bringing yourself to a place or embodying something about yourself. I think this yarmulke of mine actually transports me to like an inner place mm-hmm. in a really powerful way. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I have nowhere else to go from there. Great. You close it off. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Looking, Feeling, Queering with me, Leah Miller. Check out our Twitter at LFQ Podcast to see other episodes and great quotes.